Welcome to your Optimal Personal Economy podcast with Justin Bennett. Your personal economy is your ability to create, protect, preserve, and utilize your wealth, your financial world. Justin will share strategies and stories to help you optimize your personal economy. Now, on to the show with Justin Bennett and co-host Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another podcast with Justin Bennett. Now, we're going to talk about something today that is deep, it's also wide, and it's also incredibly misunderstood. There's a lot of misinformation out there about what we're going to talk about with Justin today, and it has to do with something called permanent insurance. And Justin, before we uh, get super deep, would you mind giving the uh, our listenership a definition of, of, I mean, really, let's start with an operational definition. So what what is permanent insurance? Permanent Life insurance is life insurance that never expires based on a said term, i.e. 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years, but rather continues to be in place over one's lifetime. And it is upon the passing of that person that the life insurance is paid out, which is typically at life expectancy of somewhere between 80 or 90 or in some cases 100 years old. Right. And there are some permanent policies that go past 100 now. But uh, so this is the opposite of term. And I think you've said this before on the podcast, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that this is the difference between like renting and buying a home. It is. And I think that this topic and this subject is obviously, as you mentioned, very wide Mm -hmm. and deep. And so it's going to be challenging over this relatively shorter podcast episode to get all the information across. But I think maybe what we can do is give a high level brush on how we see it has not only been valuable for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, but over many, 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 many years. And it's setting up people's planning for many more years to come. So it's not like it's this first time that it's ever worked. It's been working for, you know, north of 200 years. Yeah. So I think that's probably a good place to start because it's not something that just was invented about 10 years ago. It's been around for 200 years. (laughs) There aren't a lot of financial services vehicles that have been around for, for 200 years. So let's talk about where permanent life insurance fits into a plan. What typically happens is people, as they're building wealth, they save money into investments and they acquire term life insurance, Mm -hmm. which by definition will go away. And the thought process and the expectation is that when they get to their point of retirement and there's X in the bank, they're going to now be able to lean on that money, the interest on that money to create income. Okay. And so therefore they're never going to touch the the money in the bank. They're only going to take the interest from the money in the bank, right? It's, It's typically called living on the interest of your assets. And a lot of financial gurus recommend it, although they don't understand the implications to society when they do recommend it because it's very, very harmful Hmm. because what ends up happening is the, the end result that they're trying to forecast never ends up happening. So people don't save enough money. Hmm. People put their money at risk and take on a lot more volatility risk than they otherwise should or need, frankly. And so the future number, which is oftentimes in the multi multiple millions ends up being a lot less than that. Like, 60, 70, 80% less than that. So, and we know that to be true, by the way, Matt, because when you look at the people that are at retirement now, there's a very, very low percentage of those across America 
that have five million dollars in the bank. So yeah. so if, if what they were if what these you know, if this traditional way of thinking was producing favorable results, then we would have the baby boomer generation with a larger percentage than 5% of them with $5 million in the bank. And we don't. Mm-hmm. So so there's a direct correlation to what was being promoted for the past 30 years and the results that we see today. So what we recognize is that we can we can actually look at planning differently and we could acquire not only investments, but we could also acquire permanent life insurance, mm-hmm. which we outlined the definition earlier. And what that allows clients to do when they go into retirement is effectively turn to their the value of their investments, whatever the number may be, assuming we were able to get them to be world-class savers mm-hmm. and generate a fair and realistic rate of return on their investments, what we call a risk-adjusted return. And if that number ends up being X million, they can actually spend not just the interest, they could also spend down some of the principal. Mm-hmm. And when you effectively spend interest and in principal over a period of time, as compared to spending just the interest, you can clearly do the math and factually see that you're going to have a lot more income mm-hmm. with principal and interest than interest only. Right. And you do that simply put because there's a future promise, there's a future guarantee called the permanent life insurance, which is now behaving like asset insurance that will refill the money that you and your spouse spend together. Mm-hmm. So the paradigm around why people acquire life insurance can actually allow them to not only address the traditional stuff like mortgage, young kids, growing mm-hmm. family, et cetera, mm-hmm. it also can give them the ability to repurpose it in the future and allow for their investment dollars to be spent a lot greater than had they only acquired term insurance. Now, Justin, wealthy people have been using this vehicle for a long time as uh, you know if they're putting stuff into a trust and there's a lot of advanced applications and it does take some serious expertise to understand the advanced applications but is the statement that i said uh, correct that that very very wealthy multi-generationally wealthy people have been using permanent life insurance for a long time that that may be true i think it's also true matt to point out that you know you don't need to be wealthy to have permanent insurance. Right. And I was hoping you would go there, Justin, because that's what I, I'm, I'm, I don't want people to assume that they, only the wealthy do something like this because of long-term legacy planning, right? This can really help the, your target market, which would be the, well, you know, right? Well, you know, my market or somebody else's market, mm-hmm. I mean, the cold, hard reality is that if you simply understand the difference, because you have to kind of put a demarcation line in the sand Mm -hmm. and study the two approaches to planning, and then one can make a determination which way they want to go. So it's either going to be have investments and term life insurance or have investments and permanent life insurance. Mm -hmm. So we're able to, along with our clients, help them study, mm-hmm. educate them, become aware and recognize what the implications will be with both over the course of their lifetime so that they can come back to today and make an, a, an educated, accurate decision on which direction they want to go. So I think that if we can take that approach where we're providing the education and the awareness of outlining what to expect with either of those two approaches it then empowers the clients mm-hmm. to make the decisions that they want. 
It's unbelievable when you sit down and look at the benefits of permanent insurance through the financial planning process and and really see how it can change uh, some of the outcomes. And Justin, thank you very much for uh, giving us this this overview. Uh, I would love to do another podcast on this and, and let's dive in maybe a little bit deeper on on uh, some of the scenarios with obviously without getting too specific. But yeah, per- permanent life insurance is, is, is something that I think a lot of people don't know enough about. And thank you for helping educate everybody today. You're welcome. And just by the way, just one closing note, Matt, there's an academic institution within the financial planning business that is looking at and trying to determine if this long-term 4% safe withdrawal rate that's often been looked at and discussed is too aggressive. And frankly put, should it be 3%? And so as you can imagine, 3%, a hundred basis points less than 4% on whatever the sum of money in Mm -hmm. sum of money may be is going to create less income. So I think there needs to be this recognition, this understanding that, that, you know, whatever that future number may be around the investments you know, living on the interest of those monies because somebody acquired term insurance and didn't understand the power of the permanent insurance in relationship to the investments is going to create an outcome that they may not be fully happy with. Yeah. Wow. When I started in this industry, Justin, people were looking at an 8% withdrawal rate. How times have changed. I know, isn't that nuts? All right. Well, thank you for those closing statements. And we will do another podcast to dive a little bit deeper on this. Uh, And if you have not subscribed to the podcast, click that subscribe now button below. And if you know anybody who needs to uh, have a a quick overview of permanent life insurance, please make sure you hit that share now button below. Uh, That way you can share it with your friends and family and make sure that they have a good understanding of what we're going to be talking about in future podcasts. And one of the things that make Bennett Financial truly different from a financial planning standpoint. So Justin, thanks for your time today. Thanks, Matt. And we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon.